Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 151 of Parenting Real Life. This is our third time recording this because, <laughs> for some reason, technology hates us today. As many of you know, we recently did a book review of The Coddling of the American Mind, and we talked about how we were finding that young adults in college are a little soft and unable to handle the challenges that come with life. It really struck a chord with us because we are raising a bunch of people that we hope aren't that way. So we are starting a journey where we're going to talk about some of the things we're doing to make our kids more independent and more ready for what's ahead of them. The first thing is chores. What we do, why we do it, it's definitely a process for us, but we're going to give you our insights and hope it helps. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. So today's Parenting in Real Life moment happened today, and it involved Alan, so he's going to tell you that story. Yes. So, me and Cammy and the rest of the kids were driving in the car, and I was listening to some awesome tunes that I think everybody thought were awesome tunes, for the record. But I was driving, it was beautiful weather, so I rolled the windows down, and I look over at Cammy in the front seat, and she is like down in her seat so that nobody outside can see her. She's rolled up her own window. She's trying to turn down my music, because apparently she was super embarrassed that I was listening to my music with the windows down and waving occasionally at people passing by. (laughs) She comes in, she's like, Dad had the music up so loud and he waved to people outside. (laughs) She was so embarrassed. It was such a good feeling to embarrass my daughter that much. So I think this is going to be a great part of our teenage years, the ability to embarrass your kids by doing completely normal and acceptable things. So more (laughs) of that in our future. All right, so today we are going to be talking about chores, why they're important, how to implement them, some different things that we do to help our kids do them. Hopefully this is helpful in helping your kids just help around the house more. I feel like it's super important because, especially as my kids have gotten older, there's just so much to do all the time. And if you're doing all the work yourself, you're stressed and you're busy and things are just not going to run as smoothly as in your home. But if you can involve your kids, it not only helps you because then you don't have to do so much, but it helps them because they are learning how to do important skills that they're going to need when they're adults. And the catch-22, and we're going to get into this more, is that it doesn't feel like it's helpful at first. Mm-hmm. So let's first talk about why kids need to do chores. So as they're doing chores, it teaches them how to care for themselves, how to care for your house, how to care for your family, because these are all things that you should be doing together as a family, and they're going to need to do know how to do someday. And these are things like preparing meals and cleaning and organizing, and if you have a garden or something like that, just some skills that they need when they're adults. This probably isn't good psychologically, but oftentimes I will tell my kids, do you want me to come do X, Y, and Z for you when you're in college? <laughs> like my five-year-old still wants us to get her dressed all the time. And I'm like, Lucy, do you want me to come get you dressed in college? And I don't even know if she knows what college is, but I still feel good saying it. <laughs> But that's really at the heart of why you have to like go through the hard things and teach them to do stuff. Is because someday they are going to be out of your house, and they really do need to do this. Honestly, we've all had roommates in college that we were like, have you never done this? Is this your first time doing dishes? 
Did your and dishes they, really just magically disappear as a kid your whole life? And they leave the dishes in the sink for days. Oh, the worst. Not great. But as you do this stuff as a family, it not only teaches them, but also frees up time to do more fun things too. Yeah. Like we don't want to be spending our whole day cleaning ourselves so then we can't do fun things as a family. And so it just allows a little bit more free time too. We've talked some about chores before. Our kids definitely have to do some chores every week to earn their allowance. And a lot of those chores are like their stuff. So it's clean your half of the room or put away your clothes or empty your trash can. But there's other stuff that's like clean the communal bathroom or whatever. We also have them, I think we've talked about this maybe, but we've had them help get the table ready for dinner and cleaned after dinner and do dishes. And we actually have a really cool tool that we use where it has five different jobs and the five kids and it rotates every day. So everybody has a before dinner chore and an after dinner chore. And we're actually going to start selling that. So soon it will be on our website and you can buy your own if you want. But at the end of the day, it's more important, not less how you do it and more important that you just do it. But that's been a really helpful thing for us. Sometimes you do need a tool to help you. I think one of the hardest things for us is staying consistent and being like, hey, these are the the chores that are happening. So having something like that has allowed us to be consistent with every day. We turn the wheel once, everybody switches their chores, and so they know exactly what they need to be doing rather than us just like dealing it out. And it's not every day, right? I think that's where the tool is helpful is like some days it's just like a crapshoot dinner and you don't have jobs because it's paper plates and it's just thrown together. And so it's impossible to remember three days ago who did what. Mm-hmm. And so we don't move it unless we have like a real dinner and we really sit down and people do chores. So it, it is really helpful to have a tool sometimes. And so that's going to be on our website if you're interested in purchasing that. We'll talk about it later too. We're going to have three different resources for you, but that'll be on our website and on Etsy. And so look in the show notes for that. As I was doing some research about this, about different like chores and why it's important stuff, they did say that it's important to start these chores and you can do it as early as three, which is usually when we start doing some of the things with our kids and, and they're going to start really basic and you can build on that. But if you have a three-year-old, it's time to get them started in helping around the house, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of those things that they can do. But first, we're going to talk about how to start introducing these chores to your kids. So this has been a struggle for us is you do need to set clear and reasonable expectations and reasonable is very different depending on the age of the kid and the kid themselves, but you need to let them know exactly what needs to be done. They need to take out the trash. And for us, we haven't been perfect at like setting it up right. And so it's been part of the process is like, does emptying the trash mean taking out the old trash bag and setting it next to the trash can? That's usually how it starts. And then they realize, no, I have to take it all the way out. And then we like have to emphasize, no, you also have to put a new one in. And so it's the whole thing. And this is part of what we're going to get into later, but it's not like telling them once. Certainly for our kids, that's not enough. It's like the long haul. Yeah. You're going to have to show them how to do it multiple times and do it with them so that they can see that what the expectation is and how it should be done. And then they know better how to complete the task. And also you can say like, okay, like if they didn't do it right, like, remember we showed you, this is how we're supposed to be doing it and help them with that. Again, multiple times doesn't mean like two times. It means like two years. Like it's still a struggle with some of our kids to do trash, even though they've been doing it for years. And if you don't remind them or help them, then they will slip back into not doing it or not doing it right. Yeah. And then you also have to establish 
regular routines. And so having that wheel really has helped us because we kept going on and off. We wanted the kids to help with dinner dishes and setting the table and stuff, but we couldn't like keep it going because we would forget a day or two. And then we'd have, we felt like we had to start all over because the kids are like, wait, what are we doing? (laughs) And so if you're consistent, it's more likely to get done and just becomes a part of your daily routine with your family. Couple tips here, but with younger children, you need to make it doable, but but also to some degree enjoyable, right? This can't be torture for them. They just don't have the self-control or will to push through hard things. I know for Cammy, when we were first making her do dishes, and she was not like four, she was old, but she would just throw a fit when we made her do dishes. And I remember it made a huge difference if we turned on music. And so if she got to pick the music, it was amazing. It honestly became a problem because she would just want to do dishes all night because she'd be like, wow, water and bubbles and music, this is okay. But it it does make a difference to make it a little bit more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the things that we've done is I've done like a dance and freeze. Like if we're cleaning up the living room, you can find songs like this on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. During the dance part, we'd run around and clean up and then they would say freeze and they'd have to stop where they are. So just making it a game and making it fun. And I'm starting to put some tips on Instagram of ways to make cleaning and chores more fun. Something that I just um, posted and I read about recently is like picking up Legos, like small Legos. If you take a lint roller, you can actually roll up the Legos. And I was telling Jack about this and he was having so much fun. He's like, this is actually really fun because then he could roll them up and then he'd peel them off the lint roller and put them in and then do it again. And it was definitely takes longer than just like scooping it up. But he was smiling the whole time. And he's like, I actually like this. I feel like that helps with kids who maybe not be excited about (laughs) doing some of their cleanup chores or whatever. Another super simple example of that is Alexis does laundry parties on Monday. Mm -hmm. And that's a good example of both the routines and the making it fun. Because it is supposed to be a party. She washes everybody's clothes during the day. And so everybody's laundry basket is in the living room when they get home. So it's really clear, like, oh, it's laundry day. And they turn on music and they fold their laundry and they get it done. And it's much less painful than you go up to bed at night and your laundry is there and they have to fold it like that never works. Yeah. And they're not excited about it. They're always, when they come in, they're like, oh, laundry day. (laughs) But it gets done in like, seriously, like 10, 15 minutes and then they can go play. I was like, it has to be done before friends come over. And we've actually had friends come over as we're doing it. And they will either sit and wait or they will help the kids fold their laundry. But we have neighbors get involved too. So you can do that if kids are wanting to go play outside. And another important thing is when it comes to like that trash example that I gave, like they're going to keep on making mistakes rather than just like correcting all the time, try and reward what they did do right Mm -hmm. in the off chance that they took it all the way out to the trash can and put it in, make sure you reward that and praise it. And, And so make sure you're focusing on the positive wherever you can and don't be too critical of the bad. I think we all have memories of when You thought you were doing a really good job and then mom or dad or whoever was judging it comes down and is like, what the crap is this? You know, it's like even the best parents do it. We're all going to do it. But it can be really demoralizing for your kids if they're trying to do what they think is a good job and then you crap all over it. It is crap all over it. That's what it is. Right. But you're, I'm sure often we as adults have higher expectations of what is cleaned right or what looks good or whatever. Remembering how those kids are, realizing what they're able to do, and then you can help them do it better or teach them. But like Alan said, just 
praise them for what they are doing and yeah. what are able to do. And they'll, they'll keep building on that. Yeah. Hopefully. Try and instill in your <laughs> kids' heads that they're cleaners, that they know how to clean. And that, cause I think that becomes part of your identity is like, Oh, I'm a clean person. I like clean spaces. Even if their definition of clean right now is not your definition of clean. Yeah. And the last of the tips that we have for introducing is to pick your battles. It says the article that I found and said, at the end of the day, a messy room is not the end of the world. And that is definitely true. We have some kids that just have messy rooms a lot and I make them clean up on Saturdays. And then the rest of the week I shut the door and just walk by. And cause you know, is it super important that they have a clean room every single day? No, it's not the most important thing in the world. And so just know what's important and what needs to be done and what is okay to let it slide. So then I thought we could talk about what to do when kids don't want to do chores because this is quite frequent <laughs> Frequent in our family is people just not wanting to do it. And I love that one of the reasons that I found that why kids don't want to do chores is because this is the same reason as adults, right? Because it's boring. <laughs> kids would rather be playing or watching their screens or whatever, but honestly, so would adults. But adults just better understand the results, why it's good to do these things, even though we don't want to do it and kids can't get to that point quite yet. And so we have a couple of ways that hopefully can get your kids a little bit more motivated to do these chores. So the first is stop distractions. I'm sure that's pretty obvious for you. Our kids can't do anything if a TV is on. Anything. So turn off screens, clear the space, make it so that this is the only thing that's happening until this happens, and then we can do other stuff. And we usually do no friends until chores are done, too. So we usually spend the morning. This is our chore time. This is family stuff in the morning, and then kids can play in the afternoon. And so we're like, hey, chores need to be done before you can go play. You may have to do the chore with your kid for a long time until they can reasonably do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Lucy still feels overwhelmed by the mess of her room. And honestly, I feel a little overwhelmed <laughs> in the mess in her room. Lucy has more toys than any of our kids because she, she actually likes toys. It's not that she has more. It's that she actually uses them. She's so there's like it. toys all over her room all the time because she plays with her toys, which is awesome and a lot. And <laughs> messy. And she's getting into the where there's like all these little tiny things <laughs> just everywhere. Yep. But if you have another child who likes to clean and maybe they'd be interested in helping them, luckily we have one of those yep. and she will often help Lucy clean her room. It's <laughs> yep. a jam. Another thing you can do is set a time limit. You can either like do a timer and kind of make it a race. Sometimes our kids are more motivated if we say, let's see how fast you can do this. Or also too, you can say, all right, we've got 15 minutes. Like, let's get this done. And they can hopefully get them more motivated to finish and beat the clock. Another great thing is just being really clear. That's that routine piece. If they know exactly when and what they have to do, for us, we use our Greenlight app, which is how we pay allowance, and they see the list. They can physically read the list, and they know if I do it and check it off, I get paid, and if I don't, I don't. So even our more chill kids that aren't clean by nature, they know the list, and they can appreciate what they have to do. We love using green light. If you're interested in paying your kids an allowance, I know this can be a little controversial for some people, whether they pay an allowance for chores or not. But if you are interested in doing something like that, green light has been so helpful for us. So we have a link in the show notes for that, how to get signed up for it. But it, it does give our kids, all of them have access to a list of what their chores need to be done. And then it automatically pays them our allowance. So I don't have to think about it um, according to how much they did. And so, and you can set it up however you want, but that has been another tool that has really yeah. helped us make sure that our kids are on top of things. You don't have to pay them an allowance or 
attach an allowance to these chores. You can just give them a chore list on the app. So it also just works like that. So another thing we can do is make sure that you create a structure for chores. So our kids know that every Saturday we're going to do chores and we have our Google at 930 has an alarm that goes off and says it's time to clean. And so that's when we turn off all the screens and get rid of those distractions and they know like this is chores need to start now. And then you can have free time when you're done. But 930 is the time that we start. Then this is during the school year when we you know, have school all week. And in the summertime, I like to do chores in the morning before we go play or do stuff like that. Don't use chores as a punishment. They're already bad enough. You want them to want to eventually do these things, right? Like you want them to be clean people or be productive people. So don't use it as a punishment. I think the one exception to that is if a sibling hurts another sibling or does something to another sibling, you can have that sibling do a chore for them. And we do do that in our family council jar um, that we've talked about in a previous episode. But that's kind of more of a service, you know, like I did something. So now I'm going to make it up to you by doing your chore. And so you can use it that way if you like. So I think this is super important. Maybe the most important thing at first for the first five years of doing chores with our kids. And I say five years kind of as a joke, but kind of seriously, I feel like it's not until the last six months to a year that chores have actually started clicking. And I'm like, Oh, I think it actually is helpful for our kids to do chores. And that was hard because for so long, it was just like, do I really want to do the clean all the bathrooms and then also have to help my kids clean a bathroom? Like it'd be so much faster if I just did all of them. And that is a hundred percent true. You don't do chores at the beginning because it's faster. You do it because you want your kids to feel responsibility and all those other things we talked about. Mm -hmm. It's hard and it takes a lot of time and effort and it can take years, but hopefully you get to that point where your kids can just kind of start doing it on their own. Not always happily, but at least they're doing it. For sure. I think that's okay. Right? Like, Parenting has to be a marathon. It can't be one of those things where it's like, I told you already how to do this. Like, yeah, you did. And you're going to have to keep on telling them for a long time, as patiently as you can, because they're kids. And this is like the least natural thing in the world for them mm. to like, Hey, I'd like to be playing right now, but I'm going to slow down and clean for a minute. <laughs> it's just so, so backwards. So you have to be patient, like stick with it. Like parenting in real life moment here is we have been cyclical a little bit until the last year where I would, I would quit. I'd be like, forget it. I'm not going to hound Nathan to clean the bathroom anymore. It's just so much work to get him to do it. I'm just going to do it. And so for six months I would do it until I'm like, he really should learn how to do this. And so <laughs> we'd go back. I don't know if that's true for you, Alexis, but for me, I have definitely been hot and cold on this because it was just so much work and I, hopefully they still turn out right. Well, he is cleaning it now. And I think that's the important part. I think we're definitely not going to be yeah. perfect at this. There are going to be times where you're just like, I'm just going to do this myself because this is such a big challenge right now and maybe yeah. revisit it. And I think that's okay to go back and be like, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. Let's try again in a couple months. And maybe, maybe they were too young or maybe they have a, a challenging personality or maybe you needed more time to figure out how you wanted to teach them or have more energy or maybe your life, like things are happening like if you have a baby or something like it, sometimes things happen in your life. It just make it harder at that time. And so I think it's okay to say, we're not going to do this right now. We're going to come back. I think the important part is just coming back to it and making sure that it does happen because these are skills that your kids need to learn, but maybe you do need to adjust when they're happening or how they're happening for whatever works in your family. So in conclusion, 
you can do it. And occasionally you should do it. And eventually you should definitely do it. But chores are important. You have to be patient with yourself and with your kids. But if you're ready, if you're in an upswing where it's time to do chores with your kids, we have a few resources that we think are helpful. Yeah, so that first one is going to be that chore chart that you can put on your fridge. It's made out of wood, so it's going to be last longer. We're going to let you customize it to choose what names go on it, like the different chores and stuff like that. So we can show you an example of what we do. But this has been so helpful for our family. But we're going to put those on, and Alan's going to custom make that for you. Yeah. Our second resource is just $3 on our website, and I broke down chores by age for you specifically. So like laundry, and then the different ages of things that they probably should be able to do. And, and you know your kid best, and so you can adjust this as needed. But this is kind of like building on itself, like, okay, we're going to start by matching socks. And then we're going to add pants, you know, whatever, as you get older. So I've broken down a couple of chores you can do around your house for that. So that's just $3 on our website. And then the last one is a free resource. And this is just a chore chart by age. And so this is more generic. This is, they're just ideas of some things that can kind of get you started by age. So if you have a four-year-old, like what's what's something that my four-year-old could do right now? And I have a list of some things that they can get started with, but that goes up through teenage years. So you can, if you have young kids, if you have teenagers, whatever to help you get started, or if you need some new ideas, then you can definitely check that out too. But those are all on our website. And then the paid ones are also on FC, but we prefer you to go to our website. (laughs) And that's parentingirlpodcast.com. That's right. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at parentinginreallife.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids.